you have your Bibles, turn uh, in the Old Testament to 1 Samuel, and in your notes it says Samuel chapter 1, but we're going to go to Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're glad to have everyone here in the audience today and those watching online. We are continuing our series on the heroes of the faith, and we have looked so far the past, uh, this past seven months, eight months, of heroes that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. So if you want to see the list that we have used over the past couple months, all you got to do is go to Hebrews chapter 11. We take it right out of the Bible. Aren't you glad for that? We take it right out of the Bible. And person by person, we have gone through the heroes that uh, the writer says is the hall of faith. Men and women who... If they were to talk to us, if they were to walk with us, if they were to jog with us one lap around uh, the neighborhood, what would they say to us? And so we've gone through that list, and we are now at the last of the names that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at a guy by the name of Samuel. You're probably wondering what Samuel's name means. Isn't it interesting? His name means, here's God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we look at a a phenomenal story of Eli, who was the priest. He was the big shot. He was the boss. And the Bible says that Eli was getting old. He could no longer see. And he was... Sitting in his usual place. Everyone say usual place. He was sitting in the place that was comfortable. Maybe you have a usual place at your house. I know I do. It's a nice big recliner. I love lazy boys. The only problem with lazy boys is they're easy to get into and they're hard to get out of. We all have our our easy place, don't we? And the Bible says that Eli, although he had the title, he had the position, he had come to a place where he was no longer sensitive to the voice of God. The Bible says that in those days that the word of the Lord was rare. God was speaking as he always does, but people weren't listening. They were busy. The voice was going out, but it was covered by aluminum and and the visions and, and God speaking to people and people hearing was very rare. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3 that Samuel, watch this, was lying in the presence of God. And he heard God say something to him, and, and, and it took him by surprise. He went and woke up Eli and said, Eli, what do you want? And Eli said, I didn't, I didn't call you. Go, go back to bed. He went back to bed in the temple, and God spoke again, and Samuel was a young boy. He really didn't clearly understand, so he went and woke Eli up again and said, Eli, Eli what do you want? Eli said, I didn't, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time, God spoke to Samuel. 
went, woke Eli up. And Eli said, son, this is God who's speaking to you. Go back. And the Bible says very clearly that Samuel, everyone say Samuel. Samuel went in the presence of the Lord, in the temple of the Lord, and said, God, here I am. Speak to me. And God said something to Samuel that, that I think is very interesting. He said, Samuel, I want you to see what I'm getting ready to do. Watch this. When God opens your ears, he will then open your eyes to see. See, God first opens your ears, and then he opens your ears, then he opens your eyes so that you will begin to see things that you didn't see. And it begins by hearing things that you didn't hear. And if Samuel were to show up at Pine Castle United Methodist Church, he would say to you today, you are missing things. And you're not seeing things because you're not hearing things. And I can tell you, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what the details of your life are, but I can tell you this. It begins by hearing that small, still voice. And if God can get to your ears, he will get to your eyes, and he will get to your heart. And it begins with hearing what God is saying. And if Samuel were to talk to you today at Starbucks, he would say to you, the most important thing you can do is hear what God is saying. Can I tell you something this morning? God is not silent. God is speaking. God wants to reveal things to you. God wants to show you things. God wants to allow you to see things. And it begins by having that heart like Samuel. God, speak to me. Your servant is listening. God wants to talk. God wants to communicate. God wants to speak to you. And he'll open your ears and then he'll open your eyes and you'll begin to see things that you've never seen before because you, like Samuel, are hearing the voice of God. Now, I can tell you this. Are you all with me this morning? About half of you. God's not going to compete with the noise in our world. He's a gentleman. He's not going to raise the volume in your noisy world. And I can tell you, most of us are too busy and our world is too loud for us to hear the whisper of God. Everyone say whisper. You see, God is such a gentleman, all-powerful, yet he whispers to his people. And God wants to whisper something to you. I, I was just kind of just looking, and this is, this is my life and his indictment on, 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 on me, but like you, I've got iPods. I've got a Apple Watch. I've got an iPhone. I've got an iPad. And sometimes these wonderful tools, aren't you thankful for iPods? 
and iPads and iPhones and Apple Watches and TV. I find that sometimes the world is so very loud. We have messages coming to us through our ear iPods and our phone and our iPad and our Apple Watch and on TV and over the Internet. We've got all this knowledge and information coming. But my question to you today is, are you in your loud world hearing the small, still voice of God's whisper? See, sometimes I think the reason that we don't hear God's whisper is because we are surrounded by too much noise. And God wants to communicate to you like he did Samuel. But he's not going to compete with the noise of the world. Because he speaks in a small, still voice. And some people don't like stillness. Some people don't like quietness. But I want to remind you that God says in the stillness, in the quietness, I'm going to reveal myself to you. And yet we avoid those still moments because we love to have access to all the information and all the noise of the world. And I'm telling you something, church, we are missing the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit because we're living in a loud world. Got to have the TV on. Got to connect on the internet. Got to touch base with my friend, friends on Facebook. And we live in a very loud world. But I want to tell you, God is communicating in a gentle whisper. Are you quiet enough to hear his whisper? It's very soft. It's very sweet. It's very simple. And yet we miss it because we're living in a loud world. I want to give you real quickly here today. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. I'm going to give you nine principles that I believe can help you to hear the whisper of God in a loud world. If you're with me, say amen. Okay, let's go very, very quickly. Uh, you, you got your notes. You got your, you got your fill in the blanks. You can fill things in. Let's hear about how, what Samuel would say to us about hearing the small whisper of God's voice. Our, our character trait that we're developing today is sensitivity. Sensitivity is the quality, I love this, of continue, continual awareness. It's the quality of continual awareness. If you want to hear the whisper, number one. Here it is. Walk in boldness and confidence that God wants to speak to you. Walk in, in boldness and confidence that God wants to speak to you. Well, well, Scott, where do you get that from? John 10, 27 says this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Watch this, church. You and I need to develop that confidence and that boldness that we are God's sheep, we're the sheep of his pasture, and Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, I know them, and they follow me. 
So one of the first steps in hearing God's voice is you've got to believe and walk in that confidence and that boldness that God is speaking and you are his sheep and he speaks and you can hear him and you can, most importantly, follow him. Watch this. I want you to notice that when you hear his voice, that then gives you the ability to follow him. If you're not hearing his voice, who are you following? We've got to have that confidence and that boldness that we know that God is speaking. We know that we are his sheep and he's going to speak to us and we're going to boldly follow him. Can I get an amen? Number one, so believe and, and, and walk in that boldness and that confidence. Number two, believe that God still speaks. I like that. Revelation chapter 2, verse 29. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. See, one of the, one of the obstacles to hearing God's voice is there's a lot of people that don't believe that God's speaking. And I'm telling you, God speaks every single second of every single day, of every single hour. He's communicating to the churches. My question to you today is, are you tuned in to what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches? We've got to be like Samuel. God, help me to have that awareness. Help me to be in tune. God, help me not to be so consumed and addicted to the noise of the word that, world that I miss your small, still voice. The Bible says that God is speaking to the church, and we've got to hear him, and we've got to believe that God is still speaking. Can I get an amen? Now, let me ask you something. What's your biggest issue right now? What's your biggest problem right now? What's your biggest obstacle right now? What's the biggest hurdle that you're facing right now? And I can tell you, God wants to speak to you today. Doesn't need to come through me. You don't have to go on TV and watch some slick TV preacher to hear God's voice. He wants to speak to you. And if you are his sheep, the Bible says that he's speaking to his church. He's speaking to the church. Listen for that small, still whisper. He wants to guide you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to speak with you. But we've got to believe that God is still speaking to the church today. Can I get an amen or oh me or oh my or, or something? God's still speaking. Every time you open his word, this is, the Bible says, uh, John, our youth pastor, I love at the end of all his emails, his, his, the bottom of his salutation at the end of his emails is, the book what? Is alive. Every time we open God's word, it's God speaking to us and it is alive. The Bible says that Jesus said, man, you're not going to live by bread alone. You're not going to live by what man gives us. You're going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I wish God would raise up men and women in Pine Castle that believe that he's still speaking and they're listening for the small, still whisper of God's voice. you got to believe it. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, if you want to hear the whisper. Number one, you gotta, you got to walk in boldness and confidence that God wants to speak to you. Number two, you've got to believe that, that he still speaks. Number three, you've got to know God as a friend. Everyone say friend. 
See, look in, look in God's word. John 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. See, if you will begin to see yourself as God sees you, you will begin to see yourself not as a slave, not as a servant, not as an associate, but as a friend. And friends speak to friends. It's not hyped up. It's just natural. Now, this past weekend, uh, Mark is here, Mark Hesseling, and he was kind enough to drive me up to Atlanta to see my son Austin. And by the way, he's doing better. And he's doing good, so keep praying. It was good for us to go up there, and so I just, we just stayed a few hours on Wednesday and then again on Saturday. And, and, and you know what? We spent a lot of time together. And you know what was so natural about what we did? We got in the car, we drove for eight hours, and guess what? We are friends. And friends talk. You don't have to work it up. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be unnatural. But when you see God as your friend, it's just going to come natural and it's going to be seamless and it's going to be very comfortable for you to talk to him as a friend. And guess what? You talk to him as a friend and he talks to you as a friend. And what we need is less distractions, less gadgets, and more friend talk. Where you just get together and you don't have to work it up. You don't have to feel insecure. You don't have to feel less than. God says, Pine Kessel, I no longer call you a servant. You're a friend. And I'm telling you, there are people in this sanctuary right now, and listen to online, you see yourself as a slave. And God wants to say to you today, I no longer call you slave. I call you my friend. And friends talk. And by the way, it goes both ways. Mark and I just, he'd say something and he'd tell me a story and then I would tell him a story, and then he would tell me another story, and I'd tell him another story. And before you know it, eight hours was gone. Why? Because friends talk, and friends communicate, and friends are natural at just sharing their heart. Can you believe that God, the creator of the world, sees you and values you so much that he says, you are my friend. And when you begin to change the way you see yourself, you will see that God is communicating to you as a friend. Well, Pastor Scott, you don't know what I'm like. Pastor Scott, you don't know what I did. Pastor Scott, you don't know my past. Pastor Scott, you don't, you don't. God wants to see you as a friend. 
and talk to you as a friend. And he wants to communicate things to you that you don't know. And that only happens when you see yourself as a friend of God. You know what song I like? We need to sing it in the next couple weeks, Bruce and Lisa. I am a friend of God. I like that. I am a friend of God. Lord, I know I kicked the cat this week, but I am a friend of God. Lord, I know I I mind cursed a few times and I got a little angry and I was speeding on I-4, but I am a friend of God. Lord, I know I got ornery and got a little cranky and I kind of was a little, little ornery, but I'm a friend of God. See, I need to hear that song to remind myself that I'm a friend of God. And I'm no longer a slave. And you know what the enemy would love to communicate to you? The, love, the, the, the enemy would love to communicate to you that you're a slave. That you're not good enough. That God only speaks to TV preachers or, or, or authors of great books. The enemy would love to say to you that you're not good enough. That you haven't earned it and you haven't arrived. But God would say to you, you are my friend. And friends communicate their heart. And God wants to do that in your life today. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. And when you let that resonate in your spirit, it gives you the confidence. Not what you are going to do to earn it. You can't earn it. It's by God's grace, the amazing grace that John Newton wrote about. It's by his amazing grace that we can come into his throne room The throne of grace, and we can ask him anything, and he'll communicate it to us and open our ears so that we can see things we don't see. Oh, I hope you're getting this this morning. If you want to hear the whisper, know God as a friend. Number five. Number four. God, speak to me and... Help me with my numbers. Break away from tradition. Break away from tradition. Do you know the tradition and that old saying, we've always done it like that before? Yes. Seven last words of the church is we've never done that way before. You've got to break tradition. And here's one of the traditions. One of the traditions that we need to break is that God only speaks to pastors. God only speaks to people in leadership. God only speaks to those that are in authority. We've got to break that tradition. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the tradition was broken. Why? Because God historically spoke through Eli, but there came a day, watch this, where he was in his usual place and it was time to break tradition and God said, I'm going to speak to a 12-year-old. I'm going to speak to someone who's sitting on the pew. I'm going to speak to someone who, 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 who repairs cars during the week, but they're my friend and I'm going to break tradition because I want to speak to my people. And sometimes the church, universal, has held this belief that only the Pope will speak, only the bishop can speak, only the pastor can speak. And if you want to hear God, you've got to break that tradition and say, God, I know that I'm your friend and you are going to speak to me. 
Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak to me, God. Break tradition and speak to me. I want to hear your voice. Now, let's do this real quick. Can you do this for me? Can you go to Luke chapter 3? I want to show you a, a scripture that we're going to go to, and I'm going to illustrate what I believe is, is, is a beautiful principle of God breaking tradition. Let's go to Luke chapter 3. How many got your Bibles? Am I the only one with a Bible here today? What Bible? You got your Bible, got your phone? Okay. Go to Luke chapter 3. And uh, Lisa and Bruce and, and, and the praise team and John and Hannah, you guys come up here. I'm going to use you as an illustration. Oh, boy. Oh, I can see it in your eyes. Oh, no. What's Pastor Scott going to do now? This is going to be a beautiful illustration for you today. How God breaks tradition. So I want you guys to, to, to Gary, you go all the way to, to, to my left. And then uh, Tom and then Bruce, uh, Lisa. Just kind of make a, make a straight line. And then John, I'm going to use you at the end. I want you to come way over here. You're going to come over here. So Hannah, come over here. John, you over there. Hannah, come here. Evenly spaced out. There you go. Lisa, come over here a little bit. Right in the middle. Okay. One, two, three. I need one more person. Come on up here. One more person. Come on, Tim. Thank you. you. Tim, you're so special. You're going to stand here right in the middle. Okay. Let's go to Luke chapter 3. Come on, Tim. Oh, somebody's going to get this to the camera. Tim, stand right here. There you go. All right, watch this. Go to Luke chapter 3 and go to verse 1. Somebody's on the phone. Luke chapter 3, verse 1. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. amen. All right, watch this. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of Artinius and Trenostris, and Lysidius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John in the desert. Now watch this. How many got blessed by that scripture? N not many people. But watch this. These men that were listed in Luke chapter 3 were traditional leaders. Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, Asinius, Ananias, and Caiaphas. Watch this. God gave this beautiful story in Luke chapter 3 to communicate a principle that God breaks tradition to speak to people that need to hear his voice. Watch this. He bypassed the people in position, the people who had the office, the people who were in charge, and God says, I'm looking to speak to somebody. And there is a John in the desert, and I'm going to bypass all religion, all position, 
and I'm going to get my word to John because there's going to be a voice that's going to cry in the desert and I'm going to bypass, listen to this, all the people that you think are going to hear my word and I'm going to find Samuel. I'm going to find John. I'm going to find somebody at Pine Castle that wants to break tradition so that they can hear my voice and become a voice that cries out in the wilderness. Y'all are not with me today. These are the people that were supposed to be in position, but God bypassed them. He bypassed Caesar. He bypassed Pontius Pilate. He bypassed Herod. He bypassed Philip. He bypassed Licinius. He bypassed Ananias. He bypassed Cephas. And the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to John in the desert. Mm. Y'all didn't get that. All the people who had the degrees... All the people who went to college, all the people that went to Duke Divinity, all the people that paid a lot of money to get a bunch of head knowledge, but God says there's a message that needs to come forth and I need to find a voice that's going to cry in the desert. And what did John cry? John cried out, there is somebody coming that's going to take away the sins of the world. And these people, thank you, sir thought that just because they had the title, just because they had the position, just because they went to college, that they were going to be the ones that God was going to use. And God says, I'm going to break tradition because I'm going to bypass Eli and I'm going to speak to Samuel. I'm going to bypass Caesar. I'm going to bypass Pontius Pilate. I'm going to bypass Herod and I'm going to skip right by these people and I'm going to find somebody in the desert. Mm. Your position, your degree, your experience, God will break that tradition to find somebody in the desert. And I want you to notice where he was. He was in the desert. You see, in the palace, there's a lot of noise. In the palace, there's a lot of people speaking. In the palace, they're on their iPads and their iPods and their Apple Watch and the Internet and Facebook and LinkedIn. But in the desert is where God wants to speak to men and women. It's not in the mountaintop that he spoke. It's in the desert. And if you're here today and you're going through trouble, and you're going through hardship, and you're wondering what in the world is going on, and God, where are you? You are in the perfect place to hear God's small, still whisper. Mm. And when God speaks to you and breaks tradition and bypasses the very people that thought that they were going to be the ones, he'll find somebody and he will deposit his word in you so that you can be a voice to the world. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away 
the sins of the world. And he found John in the desert, isolated, without the noise of the world. And he said, I've got a word. I'm going to deposit it in you, and you are going to speak the word of the Lord to the world. Hmm. All because God is willing to break tradition so that he will speak to you and allow you to become a voice. Can I get an amen? Amen. Give these guys a big round of applause. They did good. Thank you, guys. Bruce, if you go to the keyboard. Oh, I stepped on some toes today. People with fancy degrees... People with college education, you know what? They feel entitled because they paid a lot of money to pretend that they are voices of God. You can't buy God's voice. Your little degree with your Ph.D. on the end of it does not necessarily qualify you to be a voice. See, the Methodist church needs more voices and less degrees. We are in the condition that we are today as a church. Not not this church. But the church is in the condition that we are. Because we value fancy degrees more than we do people that have been refined, put through the fire, in the desert, overlooked, didn't have all the qualifications. But God says, I'm going to break tradition. I'm not going to do things the way you think I'm going to do them, and I'm going to find somebody. A voice. Think of the privilege that John had to be the forerunner to tell the world that a lamb was coming to forgive their sins. You don't get that in seminary. You don't get that going to college. You don't get that with a bunch of head knowledge. God, raise up men and women in Pinecastle, United Methodist Church, that are not dependent on head knowledge. We need our ears open so that we can see things, and when we see things, we can speak things. God's counting on you, church, to quiet the noise of the world and to hear his voice. He wants to speak to you. And most times he will speak to you. The word of the Lord came to John. The word of the Lord came to John. The word of the Lord came to John. Listen, church, you don't have to go looking for God's word. God's word will come to you. If you avoid distractions and you believe that God is your friend and you believe that God is speaking, God will find you. And you'll wake up on Monday morning and open his word and he begins to speak. You become a voice, 
And you start speaking what you hear. And people are changed because of God's word. Number five, be still. You're too busy. We're too busy. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and hear my voice. Be still and be comfortable in the desert because that's where my word's going to come, but you got to be still. You're too busy. I'm too busy. We got to be still. And it's in the stillness that God reveals himself to you. Number six, avoid distractions. Elijah, when God's whisper came to him, it's powerful. You know what he did when he heard God's word? He didn't write a book. He didn't go on Christian TV. He didn't go do seminars all over the world. You know what Elijah did? The Bible says that God spoke to him. Watch this. And he took his cloak and he covered his face. What was he doing? He was avoiding distractions. He was avoiding the noise of the world. He was saying, God, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to hear anything. But your gentle, beautiful, still whisper. Speak to me, God. I'm listening. God, I know you're not in the earthquake. I know you're not in the wind. I know you're not in the fire. But you speak in a small, still voice. And he took his cloak and he covered his face. God, speak to me. God, bypass all the people that are supposed to be in the position to hear. And God, I'm in the desert. Speak to me, Lord. I want to hear your voice. And if you will simply avoid distractions, quiet your heart and be still, God will speak to you. CNN doesn't have anything for you that's going to help you in your family situation. Fox News is not going to heal your marriage. ABC is not going to heal your body. The only thing that's going to heal our bodies and save our marriages and heal our children is going to be people like John crying in the wilderness. Speak, Lord, I want to hear you. He'll bypass Eli. He'll bypass Caesar. He'll bypass Herod until he finds somebody in the desert that's willing to avoid all distractions so they can hear God. Number seven, walk with the master. Walk with the master. Walk with the master. Look in your Bible in Genesis. The Bible says that Adam and Eve, at the very beginning, they walked with God. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 5, it says Enoch did what? He walked with God. That was his claim to fame. That's one of the few things that God said about Enoch. Enoch walked with God. Here's a little bonus. 
I know it's 1142. We're supposed to be done 1145. Here's another bonus. You know what Enoch's name means? It means dedicated. Dedicated. That means it was a priority for him. The most important thing is I want to be dedicated to one thing. I want to walk with God. Walk with the master. I love that old hymn, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he what? Tells me what? I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, no other has ever known. You know, when I listen to Sean Hannity, I can't say that about Sean Hannity. But I can say that about Jesus. He walks with me. He talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share. When was the last time you took a walk with the master? Like Adam and Eve. Get out of your house. Get out of your lazy boy. Get out of your usual place. Get out of your palace and go get in the desert and say, God, let's walk. And he'll talk to you. And he'll tell you, I am his own. And the joy we share. You see, Enoch was dedicated. And the only thing said about him in the Bible was he walked with God. Oh, help us, Lord. Two more points real quick. Number, number eight, silence the voice of the enemy. Look at Psalm 143, verse 12. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Silence the voice of the enemy. I've never read that before. You know what? I've said this a million times. Some of us are more in tune with what the enemy says about us than we are with what God says about us. And if you're going to hear God's voice, you need to silence and allow God to silence your enemies so that they'll be defeated. I was praying this morning about this. And I felt that there was going to be people here in the audience and, and people watching on TV that the enemy has been bombarding you with shame, guilt, condemnation. There's people here today you've never been able to forgive yourself and forgive your past. And the enemy bombards you with messages haunting you of your past. You're not good enough. You did this. Remember about that. And we give credence to what the enemy says, and sometimes we ignore with what God says. God says, you're my friend. God says, I believe in you. God says, I've forgiven you. But the, the voice of the enemy, we're more in tune with what he says about us than what we think God says about us. God wants to silence the voice of the enemy in your life so that you can hear his voice. Now, real quickly, I'm not going to have you come forward. I can't lay hands on you and pray for you. But if you're here today and the enemy is speaking discouragement over you, 
The enemy is speaking defeat over you. The enemy is speaking shame over you. The enemy is reminding you of your past, and he's speaking words that defeat you and discourage you. I want to break those words over you and allow you to hear God speak to you that you're forgiven, that you're free, that you're his friend, that he believes in you. But you've got to be the one that says, God, silence my enemies. They're screaming. They won't let me go. They're haunting me. Silence the voice of my enemies, God, and defeat them so that I can be your servant. Powerful scripture. God will break the voice of the evil one so that you can hear his voice. If you're here today, today, and, and you are hearing what the enemy says about you, and you want those voices to be silenced, I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray for you. Right now, stand up. Thank you. Peace, peace, Bruce. Peace, peace. Peace, peace. Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Oh, I love this. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. Stand if you want to be free today. Stand if you want to be free. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. That we can call to you and God, you can silence the voice of shame. God, you can silence the voice of fear. God, you can silence the voice of depression. You can silence the voice of hopelessness. You can silence the voice of division. God, as David said in Psalm 143, silence my enemies and defeat them so that I can be your servant. Lord, we break words that were spoken over men and women in the auditorium, online, words that were spoken by parents, words that were spoken by the evil one, words that were spoken by others, and we release your people to be free today in Jesus' name, God. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by your spirit, says the Lord. And God, we silence voices of shame, voices that would de declare that we're not good enough, we're, not, we're unworthy, we're not a friend, we're a slave. Silence those words today, God, and release your people in the name of Jesus to hear your voice more than the voice of the enemy. Defeat them today in Jesus' name. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
Well, I sense the presence of the Lord here today. I'm telling you, there was people that stood up, they've been haunted. I heard in my spirit shame. A spirit of shame. The enemy's speaking over you. You're not good enough. Look what you did. That shame can be broken and your enemy's defeated so that you can be God's servant. You've got to silence the voice of the enemy. And one of the ways I know of silencing the enemy's voice is to be more in tune with what God says. God, what do you say about me? Lord, I, I know what he's saying about me. And Lord, I know what I did. I know who I am and I know what I'm like. But God, what do you say about me? I want to believe the word of the Lord. I want to believe the report of the Lord. God, I want to believe what you say about me. And when you lean into that, you become what you listen to. I'm a friend of God. I'm no longer a slave. But God speaks to me and he loves me. He believes in me. Point number nine, and we're going to close. Release the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we just did. Holy Spirit, you're my counselor. You're my guide. You're my comforter. Lord, I release you in my life so that I can hear your voice. And I don't have to be chained to what the enemy says about me. I'm free. I'm a friend. I'm healed. I'm a delivered. I want to be a voice. I, 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 I can't give you any more. I'm worn out. I'm worn out. I need to go fishing. <laughs> There's an old lady in the church. I, he's went on to be with the Lord, but he'd always tell me, Pastor Scott, go fishing. Pastor Scott, you're always better when you go fishing. Just go fishing. It's really true. I'm out on that water. I'm sitting on that bank. I'm out there, and I'm saying, God, speak to me. God, release me from these things. And let me be a John in the desert waiting for your word to come to me. The real question is today, are you going to hear the word of the Lord? I mean, I gave you 20 scriptures. Are you going to hear the word of the Lord and do it? Are you going to shut the TV off a little bit sooner than you normally do? And are you going to go take a walk? Are you going to ask God to reveal himself to you? And if you do, it's going to change your life and you're going to see things you've never seen before. Or else, you're going to just continue to do what you've done and you're going to get the same results. It's really up to you. I pray you'll be like Samuel. Speak to me, God. I pray you'll be like Elijah. Speak to me, God. I'm listening. Open my ears so I can hear. Open my eyes so that I can see. Open my heart that I can feel. I pray you do that today. I can't make you. I pray you'll do it. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May God give you the dedication like Enoch to walk with God. May he give you the determination to silence distractions like Elijah. May he give you the courage to break tradition and to hear his voice, his small, still voice. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, listen. Listen. I want you to leave differently today. I didn't plan this, but I just heard it. Quiet. Still. I know you go in the lobby and shake hands. I know you like to greet and do all that, and that's all good. Not this week. For some reason, God wants me to tell you, he just told me, have them go out quietly. Have them walk out reverently. Be still and know that I'm God. I want you to walk out without talking to anybody because the only person you really need to hear is the Holy Spirit. We'll see you next week. God bless you.